This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by CHS Incorporated. CHS is a leading global agribusiness owned by farmers, ranchers, and cooperatives across the United States. Diversified in energy, grains, and foods, CHS is committed to helping its customers, farmer owners, and other stakeholders grow their businesses through its domestic and global operations. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. This week's guest is Joe Job, CEO and President of the National Biodiesel Board. Joe, tell me about the uh, current status of biodiesel production in the United States relative to the last uh, uh, decade. How are your producers doing in producing biodiesel in this country? The biodiesel industry is moving forward. It is. Uh, it has had rocky roads uh, over the past few years. Uh, it's not the only industry that has had trouble. Um, you know, lots of industries have struggled with uh, with the recession. Uh, the biodiesel industry struggled for a number of reasons, uh, including uh, the you know the meltdown of the global economy and the drop in diesel fuel demand, uh, but also a, a, a lapse of stable federal policy uh, and uh, a number of other issues. But um, given given those all of those challenges, the biodiesel industry has rebounded uh, very well and, in fact, um, broke the billion-gallon per year production barrier last year in 2011, producing almost 1.1 billion gallons. Uh, There are biodiesel production facilities in uh, virtually every state uh, producing uh, from a very diverse variety of of agricultural byproducts from protein production. Uh, We don't use any of the protein and any of the any of the materials that are used for biodiesel. Uh, so, for example, uh, soybean oil is grown for its 80% protein meal, and the byproduct is 18% vegetable oil, and we just use that vegetable oil. But uh, we use a very diverse mix of of byproducts from animal fats, you know, beef, cattle, pork, lard, chicken fat, uh, peanut oil, sunflower oil, camelina. Um, Canola is coming on strong uh, up in the uh, upper plains. It's the biggest crop ever. Uh, so, so we are uh, biodiesel industry is very diverse in terms of uh, technology, in terms of regionally diverse, uh, feedstock diverse, uh, and that's a that's a big strength for our industry. Can we talk about the blenders tax credit? Um, not that you have to defend it, but it appears that when the blenders tax credit is in. Your production is higher when it's out. It's lower, indicating it is very much a necessary tool for production to occur. Well, the the tax credit lapsed in 2010, as you know, and uh, we had significant contraction in the industry. In 2010, we had neither the tax credit in place and or uh, the the renewable fuel standard in place. At least, not effectively. It was in place, but it hadn't really effectively kicked in uh, with any meaningful volumes. And so we had significant contraction because of that. 2011, uh, the tax credit was reinstated. Uh, the the RFS2 
was implemented and began to work very effectively, began to, the, the markets began to respond to market signals, uh, and so, so that was, that's why it was a very powerful year. Uh, the tax credit was allowed to lapse again at the end of 2011, and so we've been operating without the tax credit, um, but fortunately we have the renewable fuel standard in place now um, that is, is keeping the market going, is continuing to uh, do its job of drawing demand into the market. We continue to um, advocate the reinstatement of the tax credit because it has been highly effective in helping to stimulate investment in infrastructure uh, and to really, uh, you know, really help further uh, the, the growth of this, you know, fledgling industry. Could you give me a profile of the ownership of biodiesel plants in the United States? In other words, who owns them? Individuals, uh, cooperatives, uh, large companies, etc.? Ken, it's, it's all of those. It's all over the map from, uh, from large integrated uh, companies that do, uh, you know, feedstock processing as well as biodiesel production to small, individual, regionally-based, family-owned businesses and, uh, and everywhere in between. And so, um, you know, we've, there's, about, there's about 200 or so uh, biodiesel production facilities, and uh, they range in production capacity from a million gallons a year or less to uh, over 80 million gallons a year. And, uh, or even 100 million gallons a year, a couple of cases, and and so, uh, and and uh, they are they are all over they are all over the country. We have, as I mentioned, we've got plants in virtually every state. What's the politics of biodiesel right now? Are you linked to ethanol? Well, uh, biodiesel is uh, similar to ethanol in that it is a uh, it's an existing biofuel that's being used right now, um, but and biodiesel sort of is to diesel fuel what ethanol is to gasoline, but that's kind of where the similarities end. It's a different market. It's a different product. It's a different fuel. Uh, has different characteristics and kind of our own story to tell, um, and uh, you know, we, we're, we're working to try to tell that story, um, and, and certainly uh, Without disparaging ethanol, because uh, ethanol is a ethanol is an extremely important product. It, it is displacing uh, 10% of uh, it's adding 10% to our gasoline supply. You know, it's a it is a huge supplement to our nation's fuel supply, and it's and it's here ready to go now. So uh, so uh, we would be the last to uh, to, to bash ethanol. Uh, but there are because there are plenty of people who are willing to bash ethanol, uh, and and the politics, um, you know, it, it has unfortunately become fashionable to bash ethanol, and um, and and that needs to change. Ethanol is a great product. As far as biodiesel, um, biodiesel is uh, biodiesel is is an advanced biofuel. Uh, it's not a conventional biofuel. It's an advanced biofuel. It is currently the only advanced biofuel 
that is in commercial production nationwide. Um, it is designated as an advanced biofuel by the EPA uh, because it reduces life cycle greenhouse gases by over 50%. Uh, biodiesel has uh, it has strength in its diversity of feedstocks. So uh, one of the one of the major challenges that you know we have right now, Ken, is the drought. It is it is a serious serious situation, um, and uh, we're all hoping for these weather patterns to turn around. Um, you know, the, the the dominant feedstock for biodiesel is is soybean oil, but the the strength is that biodiesel can be and is made from any fat or oil source. So the fact that we have this drought um, is contributed to livestock producers selling their herds in in record numbers. So there's actually there's actually a glut of animal fats on the market right now, and um, and biodiesel can utilize any fat or oil from you know, from beef tallow to pork lard to chicken fat and all of the various vegetable oils that are, uh, that are grown throughout the country, anywhere in the country. So, um, so that is a, that's a major strength for, for biodiesel. Do you find, Joe, that uh, consumers have any loyalty to homegrown fuels or does it just come down to price? You know, uh, a lot of people have, have loyalty to homegrown fuels if they, if if it's an individual who gets it, uh, they will pay more. They will drive out of their way. They will make their vehicle choices uh, based on it. Um, unfortunately, we've got a lot of work to do to, to get people to understand uh, the importance of biofuels and the importance of, you know, the, the fact that we have to diversify our fuel supply. In this country, the transportation sector, not the power generation sector, but just the transportation sector, uh, is subject to a monopoly of petroleum. Sort of the, the only, uh, it's the only game in town, and it achieved a monopoly with 60 years worth of government policy support from foreign policy support, energy policy support, uh, uh, military policy support, and even direct tax policy support. And so it is very firmly entrenched. The petroleum industry is the wealthiest uh, industry in human history, uh, and the, the energy sector, the transportation energy sector, is the most volatile, uh, violently volatile sector that we have, and that volatility very, very significantly impacts, detrimentally impacts the economy. And the only way that we can impact that is through energy policy, sound energy policy that helps diversify uh, our transportation sector. If you look at the power generation sector, almost all of the almost all of the materials that are used to produce power, to produce electricity in this country, most all of them are domestic and highly diversified. So we've got coal, natural gas, uh, nuclear, hydro, uh, solar, geothermal, wind, all of those things are all domestic. It's highly diversified, and that's the reason that electricity is uh, reasonably affordable and reasonably stable. And so that's what we've got to do in our transportation sector. 
uh, and we've got to diversify, we've got to become more domestic, and the only way to, to do that in a monopolistic situation is through energy policy. JoJo, thank you very much for being our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. It's always a pleasure, Ken, and, and thank you for having me on. That's JoJo, the CEO of the National Biodiesel Board. Thank you for listening to AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm Ken Root.